by Riverside. It has been three years and 19 days since Michigan last played football. We're here, man. Happy almost New Year's Eve. How are you, dude? I'm really good. I should have known by that smile on your face that you had something queued up for us uh, tonight. And (laughs) I'm glad you did, man. That pump it up. It gets me going, man. It does. I'm telling you, it is the Michigan football anthem. Let me start here, man. How uh, how was Christmas? How was Christmas with the fam? Happy holidays, everyone. Christmas was great. I uh, got a lot of family time in. Um, avoided most of the storm. Wasn't out on the roads. Wasn't doing anything crazy. Uh, did get back from the homestead uh, to a pretty filled-in driveway. Did have to take care of that this week. Wasn't a huge fan of that, but we got her done, Dave. Huh? Fair enough, man. That's good. I am... Uh, Happy to hear it, and I, I I made a joke, obviously, about the length of time since Michigan last played, but it seems like it is just absolutely taking forever, and I am I'm just so ready to play TCU, dude. Like I'm so ready to do this episode and just talk Michigan TCU. Let's talk a little Georgia Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, and you know, towards the end of this thing, we we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Lions. Um, Obviously fell flat on their face against the Panthers this past weekend, but that doesn't totally close the book on their season just yet, so we definitely want to talk about that. But Brant, let's start right here from Michigan TCU. So Saturday afternoon, New Year's Eve, they will be in Arizona. Uh, both teams are in Arizona. TCU's been there a couple days longer. Michigan is there now. And I want to talk that game with you and kind of talk things through. Uh, I want to talk advantages for Michigan, talk some advantages uh, for TCU, and just talk about both teams as as a whole here before we kind of touch base on, on Georgia-Ohio State. So, Brian, let's start right there for Michigan. So, heading into this game, what advantages do you see for the Michigan Wolverines playing against TCU? Dave, I think it's pretty obvious that the first thing that pops off to just even the normal viewer, you don't have to deep dive or anything. It's the trenches. It's the Michigan offensive line against the three, three, five of TCU. Um, if you go watch actual highlights of them, you watch any film on TCU, you'll notice they kind of get shoved around. They get pushed around a little bit. Um, they give up some yards on the ground. That's for sure. Um, they don't, they don't really play anything that, I mean, Michigan hasn't seen a 3-3-5 all year, but Michigan has seen better fronts for sure than TCU. So it shouldn't be a surprise for anything that Michigan's going to do um, to any fans out there. It's going to be very much run-of-the-mill, business-like um, attack style from Michigan, and I think you're going to see some things that uh, are, are going to be fortuitous on the ground for sure. Well, I think that three three five is is really built for the Big Twelve. Like that's a that's a Big Twelve defense, and at times TCU will even throw in three safeties in there, and they're trying to keep the whole field in front of them. They're trying to not let things get behind them. You know what's interesting is Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach and uh, national coach of the year, by the way, who ousted uh, or uh, bested, I should say, Jim Harbaugh for that, uh, but rightfully so. I mean, Sonny Dykes first year there in that program taking over an outstanding job to get them to the college football playoff. Um, You know, Brad, I don't know if you caught any of his presser when they made it down here to Arizona, but they did, or he talked about really just the, the need to stop the run and that being the focal point of TCU's game plan. And really, as he said it, make the quarterback beat them. Um, And that quarterback being JJ McCarthy. And I mean, I, I wouldn't call, I know some people were like, you know, he's just disrespecting JJ. I didn't feel that. I mean, he said he's clearly capable of doing that. But when you hear him say that the plan is no matter what, they're going to stop the run. Like that's what they're planning for. I don't know about you, man, but I immediately thought, who did that sound like? 
Ohio State. It sounded like Ohio State's game plan, and we saw how that turned out. And not only was it, I mean, J.J. wasn't lights out that game. He certainly, go back and watch that game, he made some huge plays, as did you know guys like Cornelius Johnson and that toss to Colson Loveland was awesome. But, um, you know, J.J. made some plays with his legs, too. He clearly showed um, there and in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, you don't want that to be your game plan because J.J. McCarthy, um, while criticized at times throughout the year, you know, we've all been waiting to see Michigan's offense kind of take that next step. I'll tell you what, they've gotten so much better. This this J.J. McCarthy at the end of December is not the J.J. McCarthy you saw in September and October. And I know that's a weak take because obviously you're talking about a true sophomore getting his first starts of the season, but J.J. has found his legs again. He is connecting on his throws, and um, I, I think that that's a, you know, that that's a tough that's a tough game plan to 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 leave that in uh, JJ McCarthy's hands and you know Ohio State tried to do that and then Brant I mean you look at the end of that game not only did JJ make the right plays but eventually eventually those defenses break and you saw it with two back to back huge runs by Donovan Edwards and um, I think it's gonna be tough I'm not saying TCU can't do it they're a very good football team. But that's got to be advantage Michigan if that is the if if, if that's the the game plan. But also to Sonny Dykes' defense, what was he supposed to say to that question? Like Michigan's a running football team, we're going we're going to aim to stop the run, right? Like right. And I think that you have to take a look at that, Dave, and think about what Ohio State tried to do for a while there. And there is Dave. Let's not forget about this. There is a noticeable talent gap between what Ohio State brings to the table and what TCU brings to the table. So you're trying to do this without the four stars and the five stars. I mean, Ohio State's defense. You look across the board, a lot of four stars, man. A lot of five stars on that team. So when you look at the talent disparity, what they're going to try to do, they're going to try to do what Ohio State did with less talented players, which is a really tough ask. And Ohio State didn't break until late, right, Dave? The two long runs, they didn't come until late. I would be kind of surprised if you don't see it a little bit earlier. And the one thing I noticed on film just watching TCU a little bit, Dave, as fast as their offense is, the opposite is true about their defense. Their defense doesn't have great team speed. They don't have great team strength. Again, like you had already said, advantage Michigan. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the, in the obvious, uh, outside of of speed, well, which is, you know, I, I kind of heard some remarks about that, about, you know, TCU having speed, and that's how they're going to beat Michigan. This also isn't like an old Michigan team. Like, yeah, they are tough in the trenches. That is what Michigan is built on. But, like, they've got some speed, too. They've got some dudes that can that can certainly uh, keep up with, with TCU. I do think that the obvious advantages are in the trenches. And that is, I mean, you talk about a perfect, and I'm not, I'm going to eat these words if TCU just comes in and somehow like beats Michigan, but you want to talk about an ideal matchup for the Michigan Wolverines for this team it's TCU. And, and, and the reason is, is because they're, they're not strong. They're, they don't have those guys on, on, you know, on the O line, on the D line, like, that's advantage Michigan, advantage Michigan, and that is what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. He wants to play bully ball. He wants to keep Max Duggan off the field, and it's teed up perfectly for this team to to do that. But on the flip side of this, Brant, we, we have to acknowledge a very good TCU team who went undefeated. They beat every team on their schedule, including Kansas State, who they lost to in the Big 12 championship, that being their first loss of the year. I mean... I want to talk what advantages do you see from the TCU sideline? And because this is a good football team and they're a great football team. They you do not I don't care say what you will about the Big 12. You do not make it to the college football playoff if you don't beat the teams that are on your schedule. And TCU did that all year long. Now, yes, they they tripped up at the at the end of the year in a gutsy gutsy loss to Kansas State in overtime in a call that I'm sure Sonny Dykes regrets by not giving the ball to his Heisman quarterback, Max Duggan, there at, at the end of the game. But this is a good football team. They've got Quinton Johnson, and you're talking about an NFL potentially first-round receiver, and 
they got some guys. So what advantages do you see for this TCU football team against Michigan? Dave, let me ask you a question. Um, what was the equalizer for Michigan against Ohio State in the first three quarters of that game? What do you mean the equalizer? So Ohio State was kind of – I mean, they they dominated time of possession. They took Michigan's run game away. They did. They did all and those so, things. So how did Michigan make their hay? Well, with big with big plays, right? It was well, it was right. the equalizer you're, you're, for them. You're, your Cornelius Johnson plays and your right. Carson Loveland. Even your Khalil yeah. Mullins play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was those kind of plays that kept Michigan in that game to where now TCU is looking at that, I think, and, and I think that's their recipe is let's try to hit the big play. Let's get and, and to TCU's credit. Their offensive line might not be great, but they do pass protect pretty well. And Duggan gets time, and Duggan can chuck it. And I know that Michigan's already going to have a spy out there. You know what I mean? So they probably have a guy sitting in the middle of the field, which takes away um, some coverage from Michigan, certainly. So Sounds like that's going to be Junior Colson, by the way. From I'm sure. just an, yeah. an interview I heard today, it sounds like Junior Colson's going to be the spy on Max Duggan. Absolutely. It makes it makes sense. I mean, he's quick to sideline to sideline. It all makes sense. But, I mean, these are big receivers. They're fast receivers, absolutely. And when I talk about the big play, I mean, that's kind of how Michigan hung around against Ohio State. You know what I mean? It was three big touchdowns and then, you know, the two backbreakers at the end. But we're talking – if they can hit 50, 60-yard bombs and just stay with Michigan, just keep them close enough within striking distance, get them into a dogfight in the fourth quarter, and who knows what Duggan can do. You know what I mean? That's what we don't want to see, certainly, Dave, right? I think that's advantage TCU. The big play, keep keep close to Michigan. Keep them within arm's reach in the fourth quarter, and all heck breaks loose. I could definitely see that being how TCU squeaks this one out. Well, and I think that... I think what TCU is probably going to want to do and what you've seen Michigan struggle with at times is an up-tempo offense, a hurry-up huddle, and I think they're going to want to push the ball. And I, I would say for those for those uh, folks who have not watched any TCU football, you don't know Mac, the name Max Duggan doesn't mean anything to you. I'm not hating on you. I mean, for the average college football fan, you probably didn't watch a, a ton of TCU football. Um, I can't say I did either. I certainly watched them at the end of the year as they were in the college football playoff hunt is, you know, they, I, Max Duggan. Okay. Hear me out, Brant. He is a better version of Sean Clifford. He is, he, he's a guy that at third and five, he extends drives and he extends them with his legs. He makes the right play, he makes the right decision, and he's a good quarterback. He's a gamer. He is. He is a gamer. And what you don't want if you're Michigan, you got to stop those plays. And if you stop it early, if you stop it early and you don't let them, you don't let them push you out of your comfort zone. You play your game. You get those stops. He may make a play with his legs, but you stop him at fourth and one or at fourth and two, and you make them punt the football. Yeah, that, then it's advantage Michigan because now you go back to Michigan, who you know is going to they should be able to run the ball pretty well, keep their offense on the field, milk the clock. I mean, that's what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. So, I think that the TCU is going to want to go up tempo. I think they're going to want to put Michigan on their heels, and they're going to want to put the football in. A Heisman candidate's hands, and and it makes sense. So I think that that is that is critically important that Michigan gets off the field and on those third and longs, or you know even the third and short, that they get those stops. So you know that that that's going to be that's going to be incredibly incredibly important. And then Brant, my last thing is, Brant, Michigan. They're a second-half team. They have been all year. I mean, they've been in some close games in the first half, and then second half, boom. It's like they flip the switch, and they're ready to roll. I mean, you saw it against Ohio State. You saw it against, I mean, really every team that they've played this year, maybe outside of Illinois, who kind of hung around. I TCU, Brant, they do the same thing. TCU's a second-half team. And, and so, I'll be honest, dude. I don't want to find out who's the better second-half team. I, I don't. I, I'd i like to think that it's Michigan because I've watched more of Michigan. I feel confident knowing that it's Michigan, thinking that it's Michigan. But I'll tell you what, TCU fans feel the same way, and they should. That that has been their team all year long. They've won close games. They've scored when they needed to. And 
I don't want a close game in the fourth quarter with Max Duggan there back there at quarterback. I just don't. So, um, yeah, that Brant. I, I do have a question though, just about this Michigan team. So, if Michigan gets outside of their comfort zone, okay, and let's just say heading into the fourth quarter, they are down. I'm gonna say down seven to ten points. I know that's a lot. Do you trust this team? to make the right adjustments and figure it out. I'm not talking third quarter. I'm talking fourth quarter down. Backs against the wall. TCU has found a way to kind of stop the run that nobody really saw coming. Do you trust this team to be able to make those adjustments and figure it out and get the win? Yeah, Dave, I trust them to do that. Does it mean they will do that? No, absolutely not. But I trust them as far as this is an experienced group. This this is a team that was already in the college football playoff last year, um, a team that's overcome some adversity this year, but also they've they've been on cruise control for a little while too. But um, I think that Illinois game, I point to that game as some blood in the mouth. You know, it took some resolve. You lost your Heisman candidate. Um, you had to change things on the fly. You talk about adjustments. Nothing's tougher from going an adjustment of uh, Blake Corum and already Donovan Edwards out to – uh, Stokes goes down and now Gash is in there and Tavi Dunlap. Like we're talking, that's major adversity for a team that all they want to do really is run the, well, I shouldn't say all they really want to do, but that's their bread and butter. Dave is, um, you know, running the ball. So we talk about overcoming things like that. I trust this team, whether it's offensive adjustments, defensive adjustments, I trust these coaches to get it figured out and get it taken care of. And when you're down seven to 10 points in the fourth quarter, Dave, sometimes it's not about the Jimmys and the Joes anymore. It's about the X's and the O's, putting your players in the right positions to be successful. And I think Michigan and their coaching staffs have proved that they can do this. And Dave, I I do want to touch on this real quick. As good as TCU's offense is high-flying, they like to chuck and duck, they like to do all that. They love the big play. Michigan's secondary is now not just good and talented, they're experienced, and they're seasoned. And that's kind of scary for a TCU team that's, if you're going to put it in the air that many times, you better look out. I mean, we picked off C.J. Stroud twice. Don't think it can't happen to Max Duggan. That's what I'm going to say about that. I, I agree. I, I think, too, if statistically, even if you watch, forget statistics, actually, you watch this Michigan defense, Brent, they give up some plays. They did against Ohio State. They'll let teams get in the red zone. They did against Purdue. They did against Purdue. But they don't give up the touchdowns. And and they kind of, it's that whole bend but don't break mentality that has really been the identity of this defense. Yes, we know they're a, uh, a nameless defense, if you if you will. The stars are not there like they were last year. Everybody knew David Hutchinson, or David Hutchinson. <laughs> Everybody knew Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo and Dax Hill. Like those names, those first round draft picks are gone. But this defense is deep, and they you you may get some yards on them, and you may get down there. Like I fully expect Max Duggan to make some plays. I expect Quentin Johnson to make some plays. Brent, you saw Charlie Johnson make some plays. Right? Charlie, or Charlie Jones. Jones. Sorry. Chuck Charlie Sizzle? Jones. Chuck Sizzle. <laughs> I mean, not only not only did, did he make some plays, he made a bunch of them. And yeah. and, and it wasn't like it, I was saying it wasn't watching and you're like, dude, what is Michigan's defense doing? Like I did feel like that at times, but they still like found a way to get it done. And that is what gives me the the confidence in this team to say like Look, you got to put some respect on Max Duggan's name. You absolutely do. And this TCU team, I just think that this identity of this team is they're tough. They're tough to score on. They are tough to get six on. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with that. And it it comes back to the point of Aiden O'Connell. Dave, you know how many passing yards he had? A ton, like almost <laughs> four hundred, didn't he? Three sixty six. Yeah. So you look at that, and that, but then guess what his other stat line was. No touchdowns, to your point, and he had two picks. You know, Will Johnson picked him twice. So now you have this you have this secondary that is like, all right, we'll give you something, but when we need to strike and we need to take the ball away, we will take the ball away. And that, to me, Dave, is the difference in this ball game is I know for a fact TCU is going to put it up, you know, 30, 35 times, and can this Michigan secondary 
uh, make enough plays to get off the field or turn the ball over. And I think they can, Dave. And uh, it's all about making Duggan uncomfortable, making him put those big, you know, you know, put the ball in the air and take it away. Yep, I, I'm right there with you. Brand, I, I do have a question about who, you know, when this game's all said and done, who do you think on the offensive side of all, maybe defensive side of the ball too, that may be a little tougher to, to predict, but on the offensive side of the ball, who do you see as being the MVP of this game? Who puts their stamp on the Fiesta Bowl from the Michigan Wolverines? Do you know who I'm going to say? CJ Stokes. <laughs> Sorry, that's a anybody who listened back in August knows that joke. Okay, uh, let's move on from that. Um, Dave, I think it very well could be a guy like Colson Loveland. Um, TCU, they definitely want to take the edges away. They definitely want to take out the, the out of the perimeter. Man, after watching what I watched, highlights wise, film wise, a little bit, they leave that middle exposed. And Loveland is such a good athlete. Don't get me wrong, Scooney's a good athlete too, but Loveland is just, he can get up and down the field. He's our dollar general version of Brock Bowers. Like, I really think that he can be a huge difference maker in this game. And I could see a game where he goes for 110, a couple tutties. I really could, man. All right, so Colson Loveland. Well, Brant, that is your take. I did have... um... I had a chance to actually catch up with a guest that not live on the show right now, but I did do an interview earlier um, with uh, with somebody who knows Michigan football, watches a lot, a lot of Michigan football. Um, this guy named Luke Brooks. I knew you were going to say Luke Brooks. He, I knew it. I my knew three-year-old it. son, and I want you to just listen in on uh, on, on Luke's take here. takes here for the TCU game and Luke what guy on Michigan's football team is going to play the best on Saturday or you um, think it's going to be JJ is it going to be somebody else I think it's going to be um Dawson Edwards Donovan Edwards yeah yeah the he's going to be the gooder he's going to be gooder yeah okay what uh what makes you think that? You think he's going to run for some touchdowns against TCU? Kind of a weak run defense? Yeah, because uh, Michigan Ohio State, Dawson never did t- get a touchdown, so he's good. He got a lot of touchdowns, didn't he? Mm-hmm. What did the guy say when he scored the touchdown? No. What did, what did he call Donovan Edwards? What's his nickname? The Don. The Don? He, said, he didn't know his name. He didn't? He didn't know his real name. Yeah, what? All right, I got one more clip. Hold on. <laughs> Luke, I have some follow-up questions for you. Yeah? Do you, do you think JJ's going to have a good game against TCU? You know, I kind of think he's going to win that game. I don't think he's going to score that. I think he's only going to score two. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Okay, that's good. I mean, that's a that's a good take. I, think, I go ahead. What were we gonna say? I think JJ is gonna score zero touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. Whoa. Zero touchdowns or two touchdowns? Zero. So who's gonna score all the touchdowns then? Okay, so you think it's going to be a Donovan Edwards type of a game. Okay, do you think Michigan is going to get some interceptions? Yeah, they, they are going to show the numbers the team got. Yeah. Hmm. They're tied. That's okay if they're tied. That's okay if they're tied at halftime. Do you think in the second half they're going to kind of pull away and win the game? Um... I think they're going to do this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Do yeah, because uh, uh, Michigan State and Michigan and Ohio State, they did, did that. Oh, when that so, guy headbutted him? Yep. Yeah. Ohio State was the only one who did it first. Yeah, that wasn't cool. 
But well, he got a flag for it, right? He got a penalty. But I didn't see the flag. No. So I'm wondering, how many touchdowns do you think Donovan Edwards is going to score? Mm, hold on. Let me see. Ten touchdowns? Yep. Okay. I mean, that's a hot take from Luke Brooks right there. Darren Edwards scoring ten touchdowns against TCU. Okay? You, he, you, you, he's going to win. He's going to win? All right. Darren Edwards is better than JJ. Yeah. He's, he scores ten touchdowns. Okay. There you go. I mean, I know it was a long clip, Brant, but if Luke is speaking it into existence, he thinks that this game features the Don. Donovan Edwards, number seven, ten touchdowns. Over under at nine and a half touchdowns. What's Luke Brooks doing? He's taking the over. Give Solid him ten. take, Luke. Uh, I love that interview from your son there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was on the cliffhanger of thinking he was going to say, I pooped. At some point, <laughs> I was wait, I was waiting for him to say that because that would have just been epic. But uh, great interview, nonetheless. Uh, yep. Was that taped tonight or was that previous? That was taped tonight. Yep, I was uh, kind of prepping for the episode, and I was just wondering what what Luke was thinking. I mean, Luke got a uh, a Cowboys helmet and a Michigan football helmet for Christmas, and. That dude has not taken those off since he opened them, so he is beyond ready for Saturday, and so am I, man. So am I. So, so Brant, last question uh, before we move into just a little bit of the Georgia Bulldogs against Ohio State Buckeyes. What would this win mean for this Michigan football program, Brant? It's been 25 years since Michigan won a national championship, played for a national championship. Um, it's been some time. And on the flip side, what would a loss to, to TCU do? Just want to hear your thoughts on that quickly. Let me start with a loss real quick. I just I think if, if there is a loss to take on Saturday, I think it will be a gut punch. But I don't think that they're looking at this like, oh, my God, now we're, we're transferring out, the culture's ruined, all of this. I don't think it is – for a loss, I don't think it's life or death of the program, Dave. I think the program still is moving in the right direction. All's not lost. Um, we will rebound from that, but it, it would be a bit of a gut punch for sure. Um, to take it on the winning side of it, Dave, it would be everything. Um, it would mean that Michigan is back not only running the Big Ten, not not just being the big bullies of the Big Ten, but it is now nationally relevant. You are back to national relevancy. You should be a perennial top five team, definitely a perennial top ten team. And I don't know if you'll start to see the recruiting flip a little bit, Dave, to where it's like, you know, we're we're perennial top ten classes in recruiting. We seem to be that way in the transfer portal, that's for sure. Um, But I think you'll definitely see the coaching staff and Harbaugh and all of those guys start to take in guys that fit the mold of what the program is. And I think that's what you're really starting to see. And that's kind of how Trestle built Ohio State, oddly enough, if you go back and look at some of his teams. He took kind of underrated guys, three stars, four stars, and made them into a juggernaut at Ohio State that Urban Meyer started throwing five stars into. So I don't think the Michigan job has ever looked more attractive, Dave. I really don't. I think it's awesome what we've seen so far. Like I said, a loss would be a gut punch, but nothing we couldn't rebound from. Uh, a win would be everything, though, as far as we've waited 25 years. Thanks for reminding me, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it wasn't, but facts are facts. And I, I'll i start with a win. I, I think a, a win for, for this team, for this program is... Yeah, you, you are – I think you're already nationally relevant. I do. Um, I don't think anybody is looking at Michigan anymore as just like – I think last year you could have said maybe. Like, you know, one sort of team, one magical team, they finally beat Ohio State, they they made it to the playoff, and then they got 
dusted by Georgia. Had they not followed up this, that season with where they're at right now, I think I don't think we'd be talking about Michigan as like, oh no, like they've arrived. I think on a national stage, I think Michigan has arrived. I think a win though. Now, now we are entering that true top tier, like the perennial top tier that you're talking about with the Ohio States, with the Georgias, with the Alabamas. I don't even say with the Clemsons right now because Clemson hasn't been relevant for a couple of years. I don't know, uh, you know, what the direction of that program. You know, talk about USC and Lincoln Riley, some arriving programs. Michigan is there. And I, I think any year moving forward where Michigan's not in that conversation, probably a pretty down year for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. So, I, but I do think that a win for this program is like, it's next level. It's next level that is that on the recruiting trail, next level on terms of just true return to, I don't want to say dominance because you can't, you can't, you can claim Big Ten dominance, but you can't claim dominance uh, nationally until you go ahead and actually close the deal and win a national championship. But Brant, come Monday night on a national championship game, uh, you know, if Michigan's in that game, People don't forget that, and, and it's going to do wonders for this program, and it's the next step forward for them. You know, last year they made it here. They got dusted. They didn't win. They win this game. That's one step forward from last year's team, and and, and one step better in, in one year is what you want to see out of a football team and out of a program, so I think it'll be huge. Brand, I disagree on the loss, though. I, I'm not trying to overplay this, okay? I I agree. I don't think it's going to change the culture, the climate, everything they've built. I do. I agree with you. I do not think that you know the walls come falling down here if they don't win this game. But Brent, we would be naive to say a loss Saturday at four o'clock ain't a big deal because it's a huge deal. Because yeah, you've made it, but you made it last year. This year, you're favored. You're favored to win this game. You should win this game. You don't win this game. It's a problem. It's a huge letdown. It is. Because, Brant, I don't know a Michigan fan in the world that is walking into this game Saturday saying, yeah, but I think TCU is going to gonna win this game. Everybody, Brant, feels like Michigan is going to win this game. So, Walking out of this thing at 8 o'clock at night with a Michigan loss and TCU headed to the national championship? No, that's more than a gut punch. That's a punch square in the face. And Michigan needs to win this game. And it's critically important. You got the matchup that you wanted. It's the right matchup. That's what should have happened. But you should also win this game. And so... Um, I, I will not take a loss as a, you know, golly gee, we should have won that thing. I'll be furious because we should be in the national championship. So it's huge and it's big for this football program. They need to win this game. And Brian, I think they're going to win this game. I do, but, but I don't want to, at least for me, I don't want to underplay the significance of what a loss could, could mean. All right, man. Quickly quickly because I don't like to talk Ohio State but we have to Ohio State backdoors their way in kind of scurry their way into the playoff um, whatever they needed things to happen the way they did and of course it happened because that's just what happens they play they got to go into the belly of the beast though they got to play a Georgia Bulldog team that is absolutely ran the college football scene nationally for the last two years Georgia has lost one football game in two seasons, and they don't show any signs of of stopping or slowing down. This is the beast. Brent, what are the keys to this game? Do you feel like Ohio State has a legitimate chance to go to the Peach Bowl and win this thing? And, And let's remind everybody, the last time Ohio State took the field was in Columbus, where Michigan ran them off out of the shoe, and... The heads were hanging low. The tears were flowing. Ryan Day was questioned. C.J. Stroud was questioned. And then all of a sudden, they get a second chance at life. 
And so this could be a very dangerous Ohio State team that we know is talented. Like, forget Jackson Smith and the Jigba's not there. Forget Travion Henderson, possibly Mayan Williams. Like, forget all of that. This is a talented football team. Brent, what are the keys to this game, and do you really think that they can take down Georgia? I think that the key, the main key for Ohio State in this game is C.J. Stroud has got to become something he hasn't been so far in his career at Ohio State. He's got to be something different. He's got to be tougher. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to say, well, oh. he's got to be. He's got to be a man. <laughs> wow! Shots fired. Um, no, he's he's. I think Dave. Honestly, you know what he could be? He could be a runner if he wanted to be. He could be. He could move in the pocket. He could make plays with his legs if he wanted to. I think that's where the difference comes down in this game, Dave. Is what does C.J. Stroud give you? Can he put this team on his back? Does he want this second chance? Does he want to prove all of his Ohio State haters wrong? Like, hey, I am the guy for this. Um, do I see it happening? Not exactly. I just saw. I don't know why I just saw this, but Travion Henderson is not playing in this game. I just I don't know why I didn't know that earlier. Whatever I saw the article was like two weeks ago. But anyway, Travion Henderson's not going to be in this game. We all know JSN has is done. He was done a month ago. Whatever. They've already lost some key pieces to this team, but their defense is still really good. They just gave up a bunch of big plays to Michigan. Um, and I hate the Ohio State take of, well, we beat Michigan if we don't give up five huge plays. <laughs> yeah, we know. We get it. But anyway, you have a clean slate. <laughs> it was only game. 35 points. Yeah, those no, five plays. No yeah. big deal. Um, so it's just you look at something like that, and you're like, man, they – but Dave, there are four stars and five stars running all over this offense and defense. Um, so you can't tell me that they're not talented enough to beat Ohio State because they are certainly talented enough to beat Ohio State. LSU put up 500 yards passing on Georgia. I mean, they scored 30 points. They played really good. Um, Georgia was just better, and Georgia put 50 on them. So I think Georgia is the more physically dominant team. And Dave, I think it comes down to this for the for the Buckeyes. You got to be mentally tough to play Georgia. They will break you if you aren't mentally tough. And that's where I think Ohio State struggles the most is I don't think their team chemistry is very good. I don't think that I think some of them didn't want the second chance, Dave. I think a dude like CJ Stroud was going to sit out the Rose Bowl. He wasn't going to play in it. Um, so they're kind of looking at this like a second chance for sure, but I don't know if they really wanted it, and they sure as hell didn't want it against Georgia. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I don't like Ohio State's chances in this game. I don't see this. I don't see how this thing is stays under fourteen points. You? Wow. Um. Uh, I so I'm just playing this out of my head, Brant. Ryan Day is under fire. Uh, dude's lost, what, five games in four years or something like that. Like, I guess only at Ohio State are you, like, under fire when that is your – but what all people really care about is the last two years and getting dusted by Michigan. And not just, like, a close loss. Like, they got dominated by Michigan in the second half. They got – the toughness was not there, and I think the – identity of this football program under Ryan Day is in question and it's insane to say that but I think it is and I think if Ohio State gets the second chance at life here I mean they could still win a national championship after what happened to them in Columbus I have a hard time fathoming and this is no I mean I agree with you I think Georgia should win by multiple touchdowns I have a hard time believing that this Ohio State team will be that unprepared where they get ran off the field again a second time. Like, back-to-back games, Brant. We're talking two games in a row. They get ran off the field. And I don't see it. I don't see that happening. Now, do I see them What winning? is ran off the field, though? What I, is ran off the field? Two touchdowns or more. Okay. Two touchdowns or more. I don't see that. I've heard people say that. 
I I don't see that. I hope for that. Dude, I mean, I'll be tuned into that game, especially if Michigan beats TCU. I'm like, I'm going to be twiddling my fingers just like, yep, come on. Like, I want Georgia again. I do. I want to. I want to play Georgia. I, of course, I want to beat Georgia. I just want another chance at Georgia. I don't want to play Ohio State again. It's not because I'm scared of them or, or or anything. It's hard to beat the same team twice. Whatever. Don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I just don't want to play them again. I don't. And um, I just have a hard time believing that Ohio State's going to come to come into this game for the second game in a row after having a month off and just be embarrassed and just show that they don't belong. Cause Brand, if they do that, Ryan Day is really in question. Cause they didn't I mean, sure, records wise record wise, all that they deserve to be there. But Brand, they didn't deserve to be here. I mean, now they get ran off the field. Now you get to listen to the Alabamas of the world. Well why they should have been there and you know, all of that. I I, I think that Ohio State comes ready to play. I think this game is going to be fairly close. And I do think Georgia gets the win at the end of the day. I know we're going to talk bets here at the, uh, the at the end. But do I see a path to Ohio State winning this game? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and I hate to say that. I don't think it's going to happen. But, Brant, when we record in a week and I'm talking about an Ohio State win, I'm not going to be surprised. I won't be because at the end of the day, it's not talent that Ohio State lacks. They they can go five star for five star with Georgia. They can't. That's something Michigan can't do. Okay, Georgia is Michigan on steroids. They play the same type of football, but they got the stars and they got the size and they got the speed. And I I don't know. I I, I, I <laughs> go ahead, D- Dave. There was a interview I was listening to from. Uh, Ohio State side of things, and uh, some some guy was interviewing some Ohio State players, and they had asked these Ohio State players, like, who does Georgia most remind you of? You want to know what their answer was? What's that? <laughs> Penn State. Oh, really? there it is. There's not, a, there's not another there team. Is. There's not another team that might put you in the mind of, of what Georgia oh. does, who they are, how they play. Um, other than Penn State. And uh, no. I just thought it was so disingenuous. And, I mean, I think when you look at this rivalry right now between Ohio State and Michigan is Michigan's still not getting the respect from Ohio State's side of the fence, for sure. Um, they don't they don't care about us. They, but they why think, would they? Brand, it, was, it was only five plays. <laughs> they I were five that. plays away from actually winning that game. It, I mean, truthfully, it makes sense. You yeah. erased those thirty-five points off the board; they would have dusted us. <laughs> I totally get that, but like, just to say, like, "Hey, who's Georgia remind you of?" and you say Penn State because you can't utter the words Michigan or even the team up north. Like, you couldn't even say that, really. I, I don't know. I think you're just you're stupid at that point. Um, it's disingenuous. So. Yeah. Yep. Um. Hey, absolutely. So, all right, yeah, I, we we can finish up talking about this game here in the uh, in the betting segment, which I do want to uh, transition to as we get on out of here. What do we got this week, Brent? All right, Dave. Obviously, the CFP is upon us. That's all we've talked about tonight. Uh, let's start with Michigan against TCU, the four time the four o'clock time slot. They will be playing in Arizona, plus seven and a half. For the Horn Frogs, who do you like? Is that cricket still playing in the background, or did that stopped back in like September, October? Dave, that cricket's been gone since yeah, late September, I would say. He carried on for a while. Oh, rest in peace, man. We need to have a little funeral like they do for the bird on the office. Like you gotta, yeah, no, you gotta send <laughs> Luke out there next September and go cricket hunting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you know how much I hate just like being the favorite. I love being the underdog. Like that's, I want to play Georgia just so we can be the underdog. Didn't work last year. Yeah, I know. It did not work out <laughs> at all last year. Uh, I will take Michigan. You said seven and a half. That that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, I I'll take Michigan to cover seven and a half. Not by much. 
not by much, but I will I'll, I will take them in hopes of not being within a touchdown there late. What about you? Oh, before I go, can I get a score prediction? I knew you were going to hit me with that. Uh, I will go 38-30. Okay. We have Dave on the board, 38-30. I am going to take the Wolverines, 42-27. um, okay. I think there are some fireworks in this game. I, I see this as a 15-point game. Um, I, I do like TCU's chances to put some points on the board, obviously. Uh, but that... That front, that front three for TCU, I, I think, is really going to struggle, and Michigan's going to be able to uh, exploit that. And I think the reason that TCU is able to put up some points in this game is Michigan scores quicker than maybe both of us might want them to, Dave. Um, all right, that's so fair. Georgia, Ohio State. Obviously, we just talked about it. Ohio State plus six and a half. Is that a number that you love, Dave? Ah. Uh... Dude, I hate this. I do. But I'm going to take Ohio State plus six and a half. I, I am. I well, think that's I guess, a trap has, number. I, Vegas knows something. Why are you so confident in these guys, man? I, I, don't, I, just, I don't. I'm not confident, dude. Don't. You're putting words in my mouth. I just have a feeling. That's all it is. I think Ohio State is soft. I think that they should get ran over. I think Jalen Carter should, like, Stone Cold Stunner C.J. Stroud like three times. But I just have this sneaking suspicion that I'm going to be watching this game. It's going to be 1130 at night, and I just want to go to bed, and Ohio State's going to be right in the thick of this thing. That's my gut feeling. Nothing nothing from an analytical standpoint, nothing from what I see on tape. I think this team is soft. I think Georgia is tough. Georgia should win this game. But I just think it's going to be closer than people are thinking. What about you? I'm going to go 36-20, Dave. Um, I got it as a 16-point game. I, I just like I just like the way that Georgia controls the ball. They're able to keep it away from Ohio State. I think Ohio State may – I mean, 20 points is not terrible. But I also think Ohio State turns it over a couple times. A couple of inexperienced running backs. I don't know how healthy Mayan Williams even is right now. Yeah, I don't uh, think he's playing. He didn't practice this week. No, he doesn't practice. He hasn't. But I heard it was more of like a flu. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But it is what it is. If it's Chip Trainum or Dalen Hayden, whoever, I think that spells trouble, especially with a Georgia defense that loves to blitz. They love to get after the quarterback. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, Dave, you ready to talk Lions? The ultimate disappointment yeah. <laughs> last uh, weekend. The ultimate um, disappointment. Dave, how pumped were you for that game? I was real pumped, and I was on the verge of buying a Lions jersey, but I'm glad I didn't because, dude, just it's so frustrating because the dominoes fell the way they needed them to fall. The Commanders lose the like all all the things happened that you needed to happen, except you need a Lions win, and if the Lions won and beat the Panthers like they should have against Sam Darnold, we'd be looking at right now heading in against the Bears with the Lions actually being in the playoffs. Now, that's not finalized, obviously, but they'd be in the playoffs. And not only did they go in and lose the Panthers, but they got absolutely obliterated. And it was embarrassing. It wasn't fun to watch. It was every time Deontay Foreman might as well been like Deontay Henry or Deontay Henry, uh, Derrick Henry on uh, on steroids or something. Because it's like, you you watch these guys just... I mean, he was running 15 yards at a time, Brant. 20 yards... Untouched. What happened? Untouched. That was so bad. So bad. Um. So, anyway, switching gears. Hey, wait a minute, before we move on. What jersey were you going to buy? Were you going to buy a Jared Goff jersey? He had these tiny hands. Yeah. <laughs> No, dude, if I could buy any jersey in the world, it would be – I'd probably just get a Rams jersey, number nine, oh, and just call it a Lions jersey because it's basically the same thing. The Detroit Rams, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right, we got the Bears coming up against the Lions this weekend. Lions at home. 
Um, they're favored by six. That's a pretty healthy number. Is Justin Fields playing? I mean, I think so. I, yeah. I, I guess I haven't heard otherwise. So, Justin mm. Fields, I don't know if they're playing for the number two pick, the number three. They're definitely up there. Yeah, they only have three uh, wins, so they're in the, that's a top three pick. For sure. You think they just lay down, Dave, give Detroit this dub? I think I think the Lions, yeah. The Lions are at home. I think Ford Field is going to be out of control. Ripping and roaring? I'm not. No, I've retired <laughs> that. I'm actually never saying ripping and roaring again. After my initial use of that last week, I thought would be kind of the signature of this team making a Super Bowl run. Uh, no, I'm never going to say the words ripping and roaring again. So um, I think the, the Lions shall get the win. <laughs> And I think they shall cover. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'll do the same. I'll take the cover for the, uh, for that game. Um, okay, cool, Dave. Well, we're on it. Uh, one th- quick thing before we get out of here. Dave, i got to have a trivia time real quick for you. Uh, trivia time. The coach of TCU is? Sonny Dykes. Yeah, that wasn't the trivia time. Last time Jim Harbaugh and Sonny Dykes played each other was what year? Um, nineteen. No, <laughs> I didn't mean actual football. I mean as coaches. And Jim Harbaugh oh. was the coach at Michigan. Yes. Um, two thousand fifteen. Incorrect. Two thousand eighteen. Uh, Sonny Dykes was the coach of SMU. Oh, that's right bowl game that we didn't win no it wasn't a bowl game that game was in like oh no that was september game never mind (laughs) but 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 i'll tell you what dude i did see some stat and that's why i'm kind of stuck on the bowl game thing is it true that that michigan has only won one bowl game under jim harbaugh jim harbaugh has been coach besides that florida game that first year that 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 was the only game they won they lost to south carolina they lost to florida they lost to alabama Oh, it's Florida oh, State, yeah. Florida State, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Obviously, last year against Georgia. Cringy. 2020 was a mess. <laughs> Let's not go down that yeah. road. All right. We had COVID uh, for like two months. We were like, right. not going to play. Yeah, that was right. bad. Okay. All right. Just wondering. I, I, read, I saw that somewhere, read it somewhere, and I'm like, that can't be right. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's definitely right. That's super embarrassing, but... Dave, all maybe this goes back to your point why this would be more than just a gut punch losses. That's something we haven't done in a long time, man. Postseason win? Right. Let's go. Right. I agree. All right. Brant, Garage Takes Season 2. I believe this is Episode 23. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Positive comment goes a long way, but really... As soon as you click that following button, that is the best way to support the podcast. We greatly appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully, when we see you for episode 24, we are talking about Michigan returning to the national championship for the first time in 25 years. Go Blue. Powered by Riverside. Riverside.